Uh, there was a sheep which took the media by storm. Can I have a picture up on the screen? Does anyone remember this? Fiona the sheep. Oh, so um, it says, all bar myself is this Britain's loneliest sheep. Um, so there was a sheep. She wandered off down the side of a cliff and had been on her own for over two years when she was spotted by someone who was boating nearby. So you can see here the picture there we go, next one. They were found, and oh, it's gone on before. <laughs> Not there yet. <laughs> Here we go. So some very kind people uh, decided they would rescue Fiona the sheep. So they took her back. You could see in the first picture her um, wool was already horrid and messy, so they sheared it, and they gradually introduced her to some friends at the farm. They didn't want to overwhelm her, so they did it gently. And uh, those people were very kind, because sheep shouldn't be on their own. They are made to be part of a herd. So while she was lost, she'd have had no one to shear her wool, to protect her from other predators, uh, to have companionship, and she would have no shepherd. So she had no one to lead her to the right places to graze. And I wonder if while Fiona was lost, the shepherd knew she had gone missing or had been looking out for her. But anyway, these kind people who saw the picture decided they would rescue Fiona the sheep. So I'm happy to see, look, she's looking a lot better there in the farm. And in fact, after that, we're going to the next slide now. Fiona the sheep really is quite a celebrity. She is making a big difference. So after she was welcomed to her new home, she became an ambassador for a mental health charity, Are You Okay? Helping uh, lonely people as the face of it for others. Uh, her fleece was sold again for charity. So this one sheep that was missing came back, and after she was found, she was having a big impact on people. Because I think it's a story which, weirdly, people can relate to quite well. I've never felt so emotional about a story about sheep as I've been looking into it this week. But weren't those people kind, and they were showing a bit of that Jesus love when they did that? We saw uh, from the hearts which I showed earlier in the introduction that God is a good, good shepherd, and he will go after his sheep because he longs to see them loved home with him and making an impact because every one matters. And it says in our passage, we'll have a verse up now, it says in verses 4 and 5, Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and he goes home. So, for us, of course, sheep are representing people in that story. We are gathered today, so we're a bit like the herd of sheep when we're here. I wonder if we would go to such extreme effort to go after the one. I wonder. And I wonder how we can be more like the good shepherd. I think, first of all, we need to recognize why it is we long to find the lost. And I think it's an easy answer. We long to find the lost because we desperately want them to know Jesus. We long for more people to know his love and to be saved. Sometimes it's easy to ignore that fact in our day-to-day -day lives when the world tells us all the time through advertising, through people around us, what should be important to us here. Even the good things which we saw in the heart, some of them were okay. But we're really told that message of what we should want from this life. And it's easy for us to forget about that ultimate best thing of all, that eternal promise of forever friendship with God in heaven, the best gift 
we have been given a good shepherd who loves every one of us now and forever. And so if we look at verse 6 on the screen, it says, Then he calls his friends, this is the shepherd, he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. There is rejoicing in heaven when someone who is lost is found again and when we see someone meet that kind shepherd, Jesus. But also, within a herd of sheep, perhaps we can forget this truth sometimes for ourselves. Um, In this parable, Jesus was talking to a range of people. He was talking to Pharisees, to tax collectors, and to sinners. Just because we are present doesn't mean we aren't lost sometimes. And perhaps for some of us, I know I've experienced this at different points, sometimes we sit there and have a slight sense of guilt because we know that we're here physically, but in our hearts sometimes we know we have drifted away from the shepherd. And so if that is a way you are feeling this morning, Jesus longs for you to return to him. You saw that hunt for that heart because God loves every one of us. Today is a good day to decide I want to be close to the shepherd again. But then moving on to those who aren't here, so those people who aren't here, who are the lost who we long to see as part of God's family? Um, Sometimes, I think, our slightly selfish human instinct means we love to be noticed, don't we? Who loves to be noticed? I love to be noticed sometimes. But sometimes we forget that we are actually called to be noticers of other people. We are called to notice those who are missing and who are lost. But uh, there are lots of things that get in the way. So now I want to talk about some of the struggles of being part of the herd. So I've got a slide here. Who's heard of this phrase? Herd mentality. And a little funny joke. It says, I don't know where we're going, but from the look of it, this, from the look of this crowd, it's got to be good. There we are. Some, some silly pigs, I think they are. But anyway, sometimes we get so caught up in the herd that we can just go along with the rest and lose a bit of our own purpose and our individuality. Um, there's another slide here. Who recognizes this show? Anyone been watching? few people. I'm quite a fan of this show. It's called The Traitors. I'm going to explain. I'm not going to give any spoilers if anyone's not finished the series, but I'm going to explain a bit how it works. But this show has become really popular at the moment. It's on BBC. It's called The Traitors, and you have a group of people, and some of them at the beginning are told they are faithful, and some people are told they are the traitors. But the traitors have to pretend to be faithful, and then gradually they vote people out or they banish people, things like that, and they have to try and guess who the traitors are. Now, this is really interesting if you look at it from a psychology perspective of herd mentality because what they do is they go around this round table in this picture every so often they gather together and they have to discuss who they think is a traitor now before they walk into the room the people all have their opinions on who they think is a traitor but suddenly when they get in the room and have to vote they all vote for the same person because whoever seems the strongest lead people go along with it is just the way people are we want to go along with the crowd and fit in. Um, I quite like human psychology. I've got another thing to show you before I talk more. Um, But I spend quite a fair amount of my free time watching, kind of uh, looking into human psychology, different experiments. And there's one I saw on YouTube quite recently, which I thought tied in well today. And it actually shows a bit uh, why it is we go along with the crowd. So I'm gonna, we're going to watch this video. I'll tell you when to stop because we won't watch the whole thing. Um, but I found it quite funny. Let's watch this video as well. Is there sound? 
one else is. You might be thinking you'd never go along with this. Or would you? So for context, the group of people uh, know. Can we start from the beginning? Because we won't know what's gone on <laughs> if we don't hear the intro. <laughs> That's it. Great, thank you. To answer that question, we set up a hidden camera experiment to see if this woman would stand up at the sound of this tone simply because everyone else is. You might be thinking you'd never go along with this. Or would you? After just three beeps, and without knowing why she's doing it, this woman is now conforming perfectly to the group. <laughs> but what happens if we take the group away? Elaine, please. <laughs> okay, now she's alone. The crowd is gone and nobody is watching her except our hidden cameras. What do you think she'll do? <laughs> She's now conforming to the rules of the group without them even being there. Now, watch what happens when we introduce another outsider who doesn't know the rules. Have a seat and they'll be out in just a couple minutes. Great, thanks. thanks so much. Think she'll teach the new guy what to do? <laughs> we kept the cameras rolling as more unsuspecting patients arrived. Surely, <laughs> what began as a random rule for this woman has now become the social norm for everyone in this waiting room. <laughs> Here to explain what's going on okay, in their brains. <laughs> Great, that did make, that just made me giggle <laughs> watching that. I wanted to share it. Um, <laughs> what the woman goes on to explain afterwards, it is just how we, it's our human nature. We want to go along with others. And there's an interview with her afterwards, and she said, well, I just wanted to fit in. I felt awkward, the only one sitting there, not doing it. But of course, we know as Christians that Jesus says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. But that is a battle against our own human instinct. I think the scariest part of this video is the fact that by the time the other people came in, they were all standing, so it was very funny. But the fact that they all are doing something um, when everyone else had left the room shows how actually, isn't it, what we do, our influence has a huge impact that we don't know what will happen afterwards in time to come. So 
Basically, that point was to make that sometimes we can get so used to the pen with fitting in with what it means to be the herd that perhaps our fences can get a bit high in certain scenarios. And we need to ask God to continuously show us who it is outside of the pen that we need to be blessing, who we need to show that they are not lost. So I've got a few tips on being notices uh, of people who are lost. So firstly, inside the pen, let's get back in, our crowd which we're in. Um, Obviously, I know the way it is at the end of church. I'm not going to tell anyone off, just saying. Uh, We like to chat with our friends (laughs) and catch up with them. Uh, And sometimes it's hard to think about talking to someone different because you're like, this is precious time with the family of God. I'm going to tell you a positive of that. If you usually chat with a similar sort of people each week and you notice someone isn't there, It's a good way of accountability and of noticing who is lost. So actually, if you notice someone who you usually would chat with hasn't been there for a few weeks, perhaps that's a prompt to be like, you know, I'm going to ring them up. Not to be like, you weren't at church this morning, I'm going to tell you off, but to be pastorally checking in so we can be notices of those who aren't here. So that's one way. The second way is to think about people outside. Who do we long to see in this space? A bit like earlier, we saw Fiona the sheep. She made a difference. She was the one lost, but she made a difference to other people through her story. Who is it who doesn't know Jesus yet, but we think, wow, I would love them to be in this room because they could have such a big impact for God through their giftings. When we were chatting about this passage earlier in this week in our staff meeting, Pam gave a brilliant example. She talked about a car key. And if you lose your car key, oh dear, it's only a small thing. But you can't get back into your car, which means you can't drive home. You probably have your home key with your car key. That small thing can make a big difference. We don't know the impact that it might have on inviting someone else in to our church family. Because if they catch, if they catch that joy and that love of God, and then they share it with more, I mean, that's how you build a whole load of new disciples, isn't it? So, thinking about who it is we need to spot who is lost outside. And finally, uh, we need to be looking out for those people who are different from us, uh, and who are perhaps harder to love. Um, perhaps they're in difficult ways of life. They feel different from how we usually are. I think these are the hardest group of people, but it's who Jesus talks about the most. Um, Because we know a transforming, powerful, and loving God, and we need to show his kindness to these people as well. Um, Fiona the sheep didn't look so great in that first picture before she was rescued. And sometimes I think in areas like this, we can be quite comfortable together. But we need to be looking out for those people who we can really see the transforming power of God in their lives around us. So I'm going to show you another verse near the end of the passage, verse 7, it says, I tell you that in the same way there'll be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. So this parable is often one which is done in kids' ministry, but it is a big challenge for everyone, I think. Uh, It's a challenge to us as evangelists. It's a challenge to us uh, with our pastoral responsibility to others. And uh, the statistics at the moment are quite daunting. I've asked Tom, next time I'm going to come and speak more just specifically around this. Um, But just to share a little insight, I was away last week uh, at a conference and they were talking about under 18s and how many of them know God. And apparently 2% of children are active Christians and they measure that by coming to church at least once a month, which in my opinion isn't that active. So 2%, which means 98% don't have any involvement with uh, 
you know, they're not active Christians. They're not part of the church family. And so this parable talks of the 99 who are there and the 1% outside. But we actually have a reversal in those numbers at the moment, which could be seen as extremely scary or as a massive opportunity. Because, of course, God isn't going to let his church die. And actually, he loves every single one, as we saw in that parable. He goes after the one. He cares for that generation who perhaps we could see as a bit lost. And so, you know, I'm just thinking about our responsibility as a whole, as a church, to be reaching out to those people. How is it God is calling us to uh, be evangelists to that group, to love them and bring them in? We saw a little bit of that in our pancake party this week. It was so lovely to see the church absolutely full with loads and loads of kids. But that next step, praying that we would see some spiritual shift and some of these people who don't know God coming in and joining our herd, joining God's family. So, lots of things to think about this morning. I do have a response because I think there is definitely something in this that calls us to action. And there's a couple of ways in which you can respond this morning. Um, I'm going to entice you to respond with some lovely heart stickers, which are very nice. So, (laughs) I I would do a lot of things for a sticker, so I thought they were a good shout. Um, But perhaps as we move into this next time of sung worship, if you feel like you related to the part of what I was saying today where you're like, I'm sitting here and I'm with the crowd, but actually I know I've drifted away from the Good Shepherd. And I'd like to either say, yes, I want to be close to Jesus for the first time or you want to return to him. Come and have a heart sticker just to go, do you know, I'm going to commit to that today. I want to be close to you, God. And that's one way. The other way that you can come and get a heart sticker um, is if you can sit there, and I don't want you to rush up, sit there for a moment and think about someone who perhaps is lost, uh, someone you know who you would love to see meet Jesus, and come and get a heart sticker to represent that person because God cares for the everyone who are lost. And perhaps taking that heart can be your commitment to uh, pray for them, to pray that God will give you opportunities to reach out to them. Um, so yeah, two ways. Come and get a sticker to if you want to be close to the shepherd this morning, or also if you want to uh, commit to thinking about someone else who is lost. So the band are going to start singing. I'll pray just before we do that. And then if you want to gradually come up and get a sticker, that'd be brilliant. So God, um, I thank you that we're all here today. And I thank you that you are a good shepherd. And I also thank you that you have a heart for the one person who is lost in all scenarios. And I pray for all of us here this morning. If we feel we want to be close to you today, I pray that we would make that commitment this morning. And I pray that if we have someone who you're placing on our heart, who we would love to see meet you, I pray that you would give us the energy uh, and the confidence to be praying and to be reaching out for that person. So I ask all of this in Jesus' mighty and powerful name. Amen. Here is love, lost as the ocean.